Well, without further ado, uh, I'd love to welcome up Mike and Sarah, Mac and Val, uh, to the front. This is fun, isn't it? A little panel. Mike and Sarah were the, were the first to, uh, to be booked in for this interview, which I believe started off sort of as a joke from Sarah that she, um, she'd be interviewed, but we managed to twist her arm around from a joke to a commitment. And uh, I was going to pray for these guys because I do truly believe that they've got a lot to share, uh, a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom, and God's really going to speak through them to us this evening about any number of things. So, Father, we thank you for each of these guys, uh, for Mike, for Sarah, for Mac and for Val, for your love for them and for their love for you. Thank you for the way your love makes itself known in their relationships, personal, professional, old or new. And pray now you'd be speaking through them, through their stories, through their, through their hearts, and that you'd give us ears and eyes and hearts too to receive that. Amen. Okay, let's get this show on the road. Sarah, you're closest to me, so you can kick off if you <laughs> if you like. Um, start off with a uh, a broad one, but you can take it whichever direction you like. What does family mean to you? So family means to me it's been different over the years. So we've been married 29 years this year. I was very young and got married. I was going out with Mike when I was at school, so that's how young I was. So family to us has been, over the years, um, we fostered for um, many years. Um, We also had my niece came to live with us for a while, while her mum, my sister, was struggling. Um, We've also had various people in points of life in a crisis have come and lived with us. Um, That happened, all of it happened actually quite early on in our marriage. Um, So that's what family meant. Now we've got our two children, 25 and 23. But now family has changed. So it's just me and Mike at home. So that has taken a huge get used to it, hasn't it? Having to talk to each other and spend time with each other. Do we talk? (laughs) Well, when he's home, we talk. Family is also very difficult for me. This hasn't been an easy question. Um, I've got broken relationships within my immediate family. Um, I haven't spoken to my mum probably for 15 years since my dad died. Um, and then haven't got now haven't got a relationship with my brother or, and wife and family, so that is really hard. It's something I'm having to work through. Um, something that I'm having to recognise because it's it's not just one-sided; it's both sides. So family is very mixture. It gives me joy, and it's also very painful. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, if Val, if I could ask you the same question: What's family mean to you? Uh, a lot. Um, not that we've had problems, not that many problems really. We have two sons, I'll stop and think, five grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. And they are a real joy. But in the midst of that, one son is divorced and remarried. The other son is now going through a divorce, which is a bit painful. Um, but overall, family is good. Um, 
we have the pleasure of picking up our great-grandson once a fortnight, uh, which keeps me going for a couple of hours, and that is a real joy. So, yeah, family's good. And has it always been that way for you since you were kind of growing up and to the point now, as you say, you've got a lot of people with you, your family has grown. Um, but was that always a value you held on to from, from being young? Yes, I mean, I, came, I had a very happy childhood. Um, so I, I knew what family meant. Um, and it, it hasn't been difficult, to be honest. Well, we have our ups and downs. Of course we do. But in the main... Family's been a strong point in our lives. In fact, one of my sons wrote to me one time, I'm proud of both of you, and you couldn't have been, I couldn't have wished for better parents. So that said it all to me. I was in tears. I thanked him for putting me in tears, but um, it was nice to hear. Yeah, wonderful. Um, Mike, this one's for you, uh, first at least. But obviously there's a, a family dynamic to a church, mm. potentially one of the strongest aspects of church is that we are family together. Um, what does it mean for you, for church to be family, to be your family, obviously some literally, but uh, in a broader sense, family? And what does a healthy church family look like? Um, <clears throat> I think being in this church in its different forms since I was five years old, in fact, the first time I can met Valerie, just probably can't remember, was a five-year-old walking into her Sunday school class in tears. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I arrived. <laughs> yeah. No, I enjoyed it. So I think church family is everything to me. Um, I can't see myself ever being in a different church. This is home. And, and I think the part of that as well is... Um, to be careful that we're not clicky, because um, I think too often a lot churches, when they are well established and you've got friendships that are already established, you can become very clicky and that's very dangerous. And um, that is nothing something that we need to be careful of as a as a broader church. Um, but yeah, uh, it means everything to me. What was the rest of the question? Do I answer that? What, what does a healthy church family look like? Yeah, not to be clicky. To be open to it and to be honest, like I said last week, so often sometimes when people come up and say, how's your day been or how, how your week been, we put a false shield on and actually we need to be real with each other and, and actually we need to go through the hard times as, as well as the good times. Mm. And sometimes perhaps we don't say about the good times to encourage people because actually just now when you asked us if we got any good stories, we should be in a position as a church that we can't stop people from coming up. And it sounds so hard. It's, it is embarrassment. And I think, um, yeah, we just need to be to have family together and love each other unconditionally, warts and all. And I think there are some big questions in the church these days. And actually, to me, um, it's just about love, unconditional love. And we just need to show that unconditional love and just welcome people no matter what situation, what thing they're going through. It's just, you've got to show love. Yeah. Uh, Mac, I'll ask you the same question. You've been part of church, leading churches. In many ways, think people view as maybe an apostolic father of the church or uh, there's a real closeness to you as, a, as an individual. Um, so what does it mean to you 
to, for church to be family? Um, and what have you seen healthy church looking like? What does healthy church family look like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I joined the church as a very kind of raw recruit. Um, so I started um, from a position of, of no biblical background, nothing at all. Um, I met a certain lady who picked me up for swearing I was only saying damn, but that was a swear word in, that, in those days. Uh, but it was all quite alien at first. But the impact it made on me coming into a church like Soundwell, a, a well-established church, um, changed my life, really. Uh, obviously, I'd been converted. And we all often think of conversion as, you know, immediately a wonderful experience of God. But I was still in that place of confusion. I didn't know what I'd done. And I didn't know what conversion meant. I, I prayed every night. I got down on my knees even, asking God to do it again and again, because I didn't feel very much. But when I went into the church, I felt totally different. The warmth, the affection, the, the enthusiasm. So my first experience of church was really something quite wonderful. Um, so that's where it began for me. I began to realize that this was a, a way of life which I knew nothing about, and it was so attractive. And from that point on, I, I was hooked. Uh, I read my Bible regularly. Uh, I did all that I could to learn the hymns. My first hymn book was uh, Maureen will laugh at this. Um, in order to learn them. The words were so great, so wonderful, um, but I couldn't always sing them without, you know, being unpopular. So I decided I'd do most of the singing in the bath, which isn't a good idea with a, a book in your hand. Um, so that, that first hymn book was kind of wavy. Uh, but I was hungry for things about God and things about the people of God. So it became like an obsession with me. And I suppose that, that kind of kept with me for years and years. And uh, I taught in the Sunday school. I led the young people. I was church administrator or secretary or whatever. I, I did all that I could to try and serve God. Never for one minute did I think that I would ever be leading the church. But uh, we had an old crushed the old chap in the church who could be quite awkward and uh, we had an argument one day and at the end of it he said you'll be leading this church one day and uh, I, I it was Mr. Mosley remember um, <clears throat> and uh, of course that was years past and we forgot all about it I only remembered it when uh, a group of ladies were praying for me every day that I would give up my business, I had my own business then, and go full time. Uh, then I had a, a kind of different view of church. There were pressures, there were, we were in a position of transition. But I, I'd been through pressures in, in my work and in family. Um, and in the church, it was a, there's a different kind of dynamic at work when you were in a position of 
uh, kind of overseeing change in people's lives. It could be quite painful at times. So it was a trying, testing time. But if you want a definition of healthy church, I like that. I like it when people find it a bit more difficult, you know, because the more real you get, just as in a marriage and in family, the more honest, as Mike was saying, you get. Sometimes the tougher it can be. Um, and yet, that's, is, that, is it not healthy? Is that not how life is? It's when we're so nice to one another that we never say, uh, just as Mike says, you know, how things really are at ground level. Um, but I've always been thankful to have friends uh, who have been honest and uh, would tell me the truth uh, about myself and my ministry and uh, that helped me over the years. And that's what I, I feel a healthy church is when we can be honest and not walk away. You know, can have an argument and not walk away. Um, so, and I've had examples to follow, people like Maureen and Valerie in Soundwell, those many years ago, they were part of the furniture. Uh, in other words, they were on the side board. Uh, um, they, they set an example to me of consistency and um, faithfulness, and that's really been my lodestar over the years. Not to use that word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks, Mac. So when, when we're more vulnerable, we're stronger. Is that... That's kind of a theme that's well, coming out. Alarm, when we're real, when we're honest, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, it's like Mike, yeah, 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 Mike, you keep that. I'll, um, You're asking me. Yeah, I'm asking you. Uh, how has your relationship with God changed over the years? I think, I was thinking about this today, actually, and I'm like, well, I'm going to answer about that. Um, and I think it's got less legalistic. And I think when you're a young Christian, you feel a lot of guilt that you're not praying enough, you're not reading your Bible enough. And actually, I feel um, it's a relationship. And even though those times are of, of, with God are important, those in the, I find sitting down and praying really hard. My, they're always, I hate silence. I can't sit down in front of the... I've got to have something to do all the time or... Being, you know, as soon as I have silence, my mind starts wandering, um, and I think it's just being real with God about that, and actually praying on the go. So when I'm walking the dogs, I'm praying, speaking in tongues, um, and you know, when I'm in the van by myself, not with my work colleagues, I play worship CDs or whatever. But um, yeah, and, and I think once you get over that, it is. I think it is guilt because I think as Christians, we have a perception of what the right Christian should look like. And actually, there's no picture of a right Christian, is there? We're all, and I think once we get over ourselves and are real with God, I think your relationship develops. And I actually honestly believe is the more you step out in faith, the more God honours that and um, you grow in your faith. And I think if you, if you just stay static, then that's, I think that's, you're on dangerous ground. And I think you need to push yourself and I've certainly pushed myself the last few years. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Val, I'll ask you the same question. How has your relationship with God changed over the years? Um, a lot, I would say. Um, we came from a very traditional 
Baptist church, and I think when I was converted, um, church was totally different. Um, and we didn't really have much to worry about in those days. We had a young family and everything was going well. Um, and then church began to change when the charismatic movement came, which caused, in my life, a real upset because I really, really struggled with that. Um, but as time has gone on and the church has changed, um, I've, I'm always slow to change, but I, I get there in the end. And I can honestly say now, the, the older I get, the closer I get. It may be because you're getting older and you start to think about the end, but I'm not thinking about dying most of the time. But it, does, it is in your mind more than it was before. Um, and the church here now, even though Soundwell was a real family church, I think the feeling here now is much more than family. We're much closer together. In those days, you went to church Sunday morning, afternoon and evening, and you didn't meet one another until the next Sunday. Whereas here, we kind of integrate with one another, and it means so much more. Um, and I feel closer to God now than I ever have. That's wonderful to hear. Um, yeah, thanks for that, Matt. Uh, for Val. Sarah, yeah. Um, you, as well as having been married for 20, 29 years, did you say? 29 years. You also uh, work at Crossways Preschool, uh, and day-to-day you're encountering families of all shapes and sizes. Uh, so my question to you is, what is the key to a happy marriage? Uh-huh. I was hoping to get that one. <laughs> Doing what you say. I think a key is is to recognise when things are going wrong. Um, I still thank God every day for Mike. Um, we have had times that things have gone wrong, um, and it's having people around you. We we went through twelve miscarriages um, early on, and then our last try we lost at six months, and it was one of those things that you then you got sent home to naturally start labour and lose the baby. And that was just such a horrific time for us. Mike is a, a guy that doesn't talk about emotions and everything's going to be fine. And it broke me. It broke our marriage. I could have easily walked away from our marriage at that point um, because I couldn't cope with my emotions, let alone Mike's. We were told we'd already had the girls. They were miracles. Um, we nearly lost Jazz as well at birth. Um, we were told not to try again because I nearly died with the last one. And we, but talking about what is church, um, we had friends, Nick and Janet, who could see where I was going, could see where Mike was going, and pulled us in and sat us down, and Mike had to talk about how he was feeling, and he had to listen to how I was feeling. And it was something that I didn't want to walk away from. So we worked at it. So I just think it is admitting that things are going wrong, and that wasn't easy. That was really painful for both of us. Um, And I sit with families, I sit with mums, and I just sometimes I just want to shake some of them and just think... Your marriage is worth fighting for. Your relationships are worth fighting for. And I just think life isn't easy. We get things chucked at us. Um, I think our first 
10, 15 years were really hard. Um, and that's why I thank God that we're still together. I'm, I'm still shocked. Every day I'm still shocked we're together. I look back and just think, could have walked away, could have walked away, could have walked away. But we didn't. And I think that's what makes us stronger now. So I think it's recognizing it. It's asking for help. It's not being ashamed. It's again being honest and saying, we need help. Um, and... And I think we need to be there for each other. And that's what I try and do in my job role. Um, try not to be judgmental. Nothing really shocks me now doing the role for 20 odd years and just supporting people. That's brilliant, yeah, absolutely. Mac, I wonder if I could ask you the same question. What in your experience is the key to a happy marriage? Uh, I don't know either. Um, the advice I was given uh, by, I think it was my brother, uh, said, you know, whenever you have an argument, the assumption is you will have arguments. Um, uh, never use the word always and always avoid the word never. Um, and I thought that was a bit trite at the time, but I've learned that it's very true, actually. Um, we slip into those things. For me, the, the basis of um, a, a healthy marriage is forgiveness, uh, Quick forgiveness, you know, uh, real forgiveness. Because we all get irritated and exasperated. Um, you know, when you, you when you first married after those first years, which are absolutely wonderful, and you begin to go deeper in your relationship and begin to get to know one another, and you have a bit of a shock to find that the person you married has idiosyncrasies that frustrate and annoy and irritate. And uh, you have to adjust to that. And then the next shock is to find that she believes that you have those things. <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of um, growing to know each other better and better. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it increases the love, but it deepens the experience that you have together, the, the sense of belonging together the sense of being together. Um, the other thing, which is like what I should have said about a healthy church, is with any group of people, whether it's in a marriage or outside, if you don't have a focus on the purpose of what you come together for, you get more wrangling and more difficulties. Um, I learned, forgive this, because I get told off for army stories, but one of the things I learned very quickly was that all the relationships, living together with 14 men for eight, 13 weeks in the same room, uh, produced a lot of tension and a lot of difficulty. But you coped with it because there was always something that you were given as a team to do something outside. And I think one of the great factors that has helped us is to be in a church which has a, a focus, uh, an objective, um, in the early days, it was almost pure evangelism. We had a pastor who was a natural evangelist. If he gave the notices out, then people come forward. Um, he had that kind of ministry. It didn't matter what he preached on. There were people waiting to respond. He was just such, such a, an evangelist. You're digressing. Um, hmm? You're digressing. Oh, am I? Right. <laughs> there, there you go. That's one of the keys. Listen to your wife. 
thank you for sharing so candidly and honestly. Um, final question now, uh, and you can all answer this one. Um, how have you seen God using you in your relationships? That could be with your family, with your, uh, with each other, with uh, colleagues, friends. In what ways have you, have you felt and experienced God using you in your relationships? Um, sorry to repeat this conversation we had earlier. Um, many, many years ago, uh, when we were up in Scotland visiting our friend, um, somebody prophesied to Mac and I um, at a very difficult time when uh, we were thinking of whether we would join the church with BCF. And he prophesied to Mac, he knew nothing about us, and then he came to me, and basically what he said was, your ministry is, is not as a leader, but it's a one-to-one. -one. And that was such a relief to me, because I never wanted to be a pastor's wife anyway. The thought of the Women's Bright Hour every Wednesday filled me with dread. Um, and uh, so that was a real relief to me. And through the years that has grown, and now, where I am now, I would say my fulfillment comes through the food bank. Something I would never have thought I would have done. But to have the privilege of meeting here every Friday morning, talking to people who are heartbroken and in tears, and I feel I'm in the right place. Um, I'm doing the right thing, something I feel really comfortable with. Um, and it's so good to hear people's response afterwards. One lady said, the first time I came to Food Bank, it, you had to swallow my pride, didn't know what to expect, thought I was going to be judged, but actually, it's a pleasure to be here. And that's because they don't know that they're meeting with God when they come in here, but that permeates through. And I, I feel a part of it, and I, I feel really rewarded in what I do and comfortable in what I do, which I couldn't have done many years ago. I'm not saying I always get it right. I, I don't have any training, but I know that people's lives are touched by not just by me, but the other volunteers that are there. For me, it's one of the best times of the week, Friday mornings. You want me to answer the same? Yes, please, yeah. Um, I suppose as a couple, uh, once we were married, um, it gave us the opportunity um, after the first few years, we lived with my mother for a while, but when we had our own house um, at Sandwell, in, invariably there would be visitors, particularly in the evening service. And um, so generally speaking, in those early days, if there was a stranger there, we uh, invited them around for coffee. And um, as a result of that, made many friends. Not all of them stayed in the church, but many of them did. Uh, and that uh, carried on when the boys were born, but more in the, the, the kind of uh, ministry of having the visiting speakers, um, of which we had many, very many at Samuel for many years, uh, coming to our house for meals and getting to know a little bit more about them helped us to grow. Um, so that side of the ministry we enjoyed. Um, we also took a, a chap in for a while who was, um, I preached in the prison in, at Hawfield when it was a class A prison. And one of the prisoners, when he came out, found his way to our house and stayed with us for a while. 
and also stayed with Mike and Sarah at one stage briefly, um, which they didn't enjoy very much. But um, he was a handful. But just to have somebody there to to see, you know, another part of the world, what was happening outside in, in our prisons. In fact, I wrote to the governor of, of the prison and uh, got a letter back inviting me to go to the prison and meet uh, some of the staff and talk to them, which I really enjoyed. So it was using our home for a while as a place that people could come into and um, see us as we were rather than in the church, you know, and have sit down and have... Um, meals with them sometimes, uh, was such a blessing uh, to us and a means of ministry to them. What was the question? <laughs> how, how have you seen God working through your relationships? Um, I think mine's changed over the years as I've got deeper in my relationship with God. Um, I'm very much, um, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said on um, preaching one day, what would Jesus do? And that has so stuck in my head over the years. And I, sometimes I'm at work and I can be in tears because I've had a major safeguarding or I've had a parent that's come in self-harming. And I always just pray the prayer, what would Jesus do? And I always get an answer. And it could be just a cup of tea. could be I have to then phone social services. Um, and also, I think it's given up our time. I mean, Mike is extremely busy. Outside church, he's involved in five different community groups, um, being chair of so many groups. But I think that's part of my role as well, is to support him in that. Um, not to moan when he's out. I, I have my times. <laughs> but I think I'm very good. So I think that's another thing, is, is not to be precious of our time. We've learned over the years that if someone, and I think this is my upbringing, um, I would come home quite often from school and there would be um, sex workers, <laughs> drug addicts in our front room, um, you know, staying, things like that, people that I wouldn't know, you know, and, I've, and that's one thing my parents did teach me, that the front door's always open. And I think that's the same with us. We've had Mike's been out in the middle of town looking for people in the middle of the night and, you know, things like that. And I think that's what, that's what we're called to be. And I think we do that quite well. But God's given us that heart, I think. That's great. Relationships and... How's God used you in your relationships? I don't know. Just being me. Um... Like Sarah said, I am I am involved in a youth project in Staple Hill. We've now got our own building, which is the old Staple Hill Primary School. Um, I've been chair of that for 15 years, and I've been trying to step down as chair for many years, and um, they won't let me. Um, mainly because there's not a lot... The trouble is, in, in the community, there are only a certain type of people who actually want to get involved in the community. And many of those are Christians. And I'm not saying that that's not always the case. But um, trying to find new people to take over roles in committees is quite hard. Um, and, uh, and actually, we've seen quite a few things. And actually, in this day of when young people are 
there's so many pressures on young people. And actually, if it wasn't for us, that group of people staying firm to that youth project, all those young people who hang around, they don't know why I'm saying this. Yeah, I'm progressing. Wouldn't have anywhere to go. That's what I say. Yeah, just being, being, being who I am. Um, when I'm at work, I just try to bring light into the different situations. Um, I don't preach the gospel on a building site. In fact, I shy away from that because I, <laughs> I find it not embarrassing. But you know what I'm trying to say is not always the. But anyway, just be different. Bring peace when there's disunity and stuff. That's I'm sorry, that's a bit of a no, that's good. answer. But. Amazing. Thank you all so much for, as I said, being so open and honest with us and sharing your stories. Um, but first, let's show a great thanks to these guys all for sharing.